Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Forgot my big papa music. Hey, good evening everyone. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose. With me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guidance servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. Hope everyone's had a fantastic, uh, tremendous Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday, baby. Tonight's episode brought to you by none other than the new parenting evolution. If you tried everything else, you still need help, support, guidance, just someone to understand check out www.newparentingrevolution.com. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to work with high needs, special needs children, nonverbal high needs, special needs children, how to work with nonverbal high needs, special needs children. So children who uh, maybe be maybe they've been adopted from orphanage setting and they've experienced gross neglect and abuse, and because of the significance of the trauma and the neglect, they have not developed their verbal skills and maybe they're uh, you know two years old, three years old, four years old, five years old, and they have severe behaviors. Uh, some of those behaviors, and this question comes from my friend and colleague Stacy Gagnon. Um, some of those behaviors, Stacy mentioned, self-harm, food issues, aggression. And it's always kind of confusing for parents when it comes to working with children's behaviors when the children are not, when the children are nonverbal. Hello there, Mimi, I see you. Hello there, Kirsten from the Netherlands. And so here's the thing. Actually, it's good. It's good when they're nonverbal because it's going to challenge you to be fully responsible for your vibration. Because children who may be nonverbal, see, talking is usually the thing that screws it all up anyway. We talk too much. And we try to communicate cognitively. We're always trying to get our children to understand, to do something different, to, to um, repeat, you know, wash, rinse, and repeat. And we talk, and we talk, and we get anxious, we get nervous, we talk more. And so when you have nonverbal children, it's actually a great opportunity to realize that communication, like verbal communication, is only a small, small percentage of overall communication. Um, Dan Siegel, if you're on the new, in the newsletter, you, I saw um, went out today, and if you bought, if you're one of our Fear to Love customers, then um, you received an email about a, a teleseminar series with myself, and Dan Siegel is also a part of it. But in Trauma, Brain, and Relationship, which Dan Siegel and I were both in, there's one part, and you can pull up Trauma, Brain, and Relationship on YouTube. This would be very good for, for those, of, those parents who have nonverbal children. It's called Trauma, Brain, and Relationship. Just pull up Post Institute and then type in Trauma, Brain, and Relationship. It'll pull up. This one part, he talks about how we communicate. And he says, first, there's sound, and then there are gestures, 
then there's timing and intensity. And, um, and then what else? The body, body language. I think he said body language. But the thing is, our sound is only one pathway of communication. You can communicate with your eyes. You communicate with your movement of your body, with, with your tone and your intensity. See, tone and intensity send a vibration. When you raise your voice, it sends a vibration. When you lower your voice, it sends a vibration. That vibration is reflective of what's inside of you. So when you're working with nonverbal children, the great opportunity is to not use words, but to use energy, to use vibration. I have friends who are, who are um, horse trainers, and they talk a lot about using energy with horses because horses don't understand words, right? They understand energy. It's the energy behind the words that makes all the difference. So if you have, for example, a child who's self-harming and they're nonverbal, instead of saying, honey, don't do that, honey, don't do that, and it's okay, it's okay to say, honey, don't do that, because it's the vibration that's getting communicated that the child is receiving. So this nonverbal child is most likely very sensitive, but instead of doing that, instead of using any of your words, use your energy. Go over, put your hand between the child and the floor. If they're butting their heads or if they're, if they're hitting their head with something, put your hand there and just give them a sad look and breathe. And hold your hand there and calm them. It's okay. It's okay. Learn sign language. It's okay. I don't know sign language. I have a friend who's hearing impaired, but I still don't know sign language. Learn sign language. But mostly, you know, unless there's a hearing impairment issue, they're going to eventually speak. They just don't speak right now. They're nonverbal right now because they haven't caught up. But typically when they get in a home and their brain gets turned on, as long as there's no hearing impairment, or hearing loss, then they will eventually talk. So you can use words, but just realize it's not the words that are making the difference. It's the energy that's making the difference. Same with food issue. When you say, slow down, slow down, slow down. Here, let daddy feed you. Let daddy, no, no, let daddy, daddy can do it. Let daddy do it. So it's just slow. You're dialing down the energy. And then it's the repetition. It's the repetition of that calm, present, loving state. Remember, in any, in any healing exchange, what's ultimately happening is that there is a vibration exchange. The calmer brain is sending a vibration, a soothing vibration to the more stressed out brain. See, your ability to touch, show, show gentle touch and affection, your ability to make eye contact, your ability to hum a loving song, which sends a vibration, to rock your child and hold your child and carry your child, feed your child. All of those things are turning on oxytocin in their brain. See, that, that's, that's, that's what you ultimately are working towards, is learning 
how to turn on oxytocin in their brain so that you can teach their brain how to turn on oxytocin. So you're, 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 you're turning on oxytocin in their brain with the eye contact and the gentle tone of voice and the, the touching and the rocking. Hey there, Mama Wilma. With the, with the engagement, with the present engagement, so that you can, you're turning on your oxytocin, so you can help them turn on their oxytocin. And that repetition, that repetition is training their brain to release oxytocin in the presence of stress. But that starts with the vibration that you create. So don't get overwhelmed with the fact that right now they're not verbal. Just, oh, even better, even better. If you have a child who's nonverbal, who's five and nonverbal, you don't have a five-year-old. You've got a baby. If you've got a three-year-old who's nonverbal, you don't have a three-year-old. You have a baby. A two-year-old who's nonverbal, you don't have a two-year-old. You have a baby. If you have a 10-year-old who's nonverbal, you don't have a 10-year-old. You have a baby. Meet the needs of the baby. Meet the emotional. Meet the emotional with your presence and with your energy, and that's where you're going to create your biggest breakthroughs with that child and their, and their behavior because you're going to start retraining their brain how to release stress, how to release oxytocin in the presence of stress. And that's what's going to make the biggest difference. So I hope that's helpful. Thank you there, Emily. Hey there, Sylvia. Remember, guys, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to react from the same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm or we can stop, breathe with me, slow down, take three to 10 deep breaths or more and choose love. And I hope you will choose love. God bless you, Big Papa loves you. See you tomorrow. <laughs>